friends. Welcome to the Fun on Weekdays podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Palak, and we have another solo episode this week. I have a lot to fill you in on because my family just left Austin yesterday to go back home to Ohio. They stayed with me for the New Year's, and oh my God, I get it now. I will literally never complain to my mom. I will never give her sass ever again. I will never leave my shit around the house. It is so stressful. Oh my God, I totally get why moms get so stressed out over the holidays. Like usually when I go home to Ohio, I just make myself at home. I kick off my shoes. I lean back on the couch. And meanwhile, my mom is like, oh, you can't do that on that couch. Don't put the pillow on the ground. Don't put your feet up on the table. And then I put all my clothes all over the floor. I don't make the bed. I'm like, oh my gosh. I get it now because when they were at my house, it was like, they kept leaving the dining room chair out and somebody would always pull it out to sit in the chair and it was driving me insane. I'm like, put the fucking chair back. I didn't say that. Obviously, I'm not going to yell at my parents like that, but somebody was doing it. And then somebody, okay, my guest bathroom on the first floor of my house, it's a little butterfly bathroom. Um, the knob on the toilet, it has to be positioned in a certain way so that the water doesn't consistently run. And whoever kept using that bathroom kept doing it wrong. So the water would run nonstop. And I'm like, who is doing this? I, I gave everyone a tutorial of how to not make it do that. And I was just getting so frustrated. My parents cooked shrimp in the house. Like I just spent weeks preparing for them to come. Okay. I, the house is pristine. It looks beautiful. And what do they do? They boil shrimp. And then my house just smells like fish. I'm like, oh my God, no. Obviously, like that was sweet of them because they were cooking for New Year's and they were making shrimp cocktail. But I cannot think of something worse to stink up your house than fish. And then the next night, we made lobster tails. So I'm like, oh my God, my house just smells like fishy. That's disgusting. Someone's going to think I'm just a dirty girl. (laughs) Oh, all things aside though, it was so fun. I've I said this in my last episode, but I've seen my family more in 2023 than I had in college, Um, maybe even like in high school, because my oldest sister, Sydney, she is five years older. Wait, no, she's four years older than me. But in school, she was either five or six years. So we just were never on the same page. When I was going into high school, she was going to college. When I was going into college, she had already moved to Austin. She was doing her OT program here. And then Aaron moved to Cleveland. And we have always been in different parts of the world, I guess. And it's not common that we can all get together for every holiday or birthday or family trips. But last year we spent a lot of time together. So it was really fun having them in Austin. It kind of makes me think about this alternate reality where my parents moved down here after they retire. And then I convince Aaron and Zach to move here and we can all just live in Texas and see each other all the time. It would be really, really nice, but I don't think my parents will be moving anytime soon, unfortunately. I think they're still banking on one of either me or Sydney to move back to Ohio. But (laughs) so the first couple of days I came back to Austin on the 26th with my parents and then Aaron and Zach, Sydney and Alex came in on the 29th and 20, sorry, the 29th and the 30th. So while they were not here, I was pretty busy with my parents. We went to go see anyone but you. Okay. My honest review about the movie. If I watched the movie in my house, on Netflix, or on Hulu, and I was in the comfort of my own home, I was eating my own snacks, I wasn't spending money on drinks or food, I would think that it was such a good movie, and I'd be like, I want to watch that again. But because I was in a movie theater, I guess I just have higher expectations for a movie to be phenomenal when I'm in a movie theater. I thought it was okay. Like, 
I'm, I hate to say this. I really hate to say this, but Glenn kind of carried it. Like he did. Sydney just talks really slow and my mind is kind of constantly racing. If you can't tell, I talk very fast and I lose interest very quickly. And her character just seemed a little bit dull. I don't know. She didn't have like a strong personality and it seemed like Glenn's character was just really leading it. And also I felt like his character was so true to who he is in real life. Not that I know Glenn Powell, not that I will literally ever meet Glenn Powell, but in my mind, I'm like, that, that could be him. That could be his real personality in real life. So it just seemed really natural that he was playing that role. There were definitely some funny parts. I thought it was really cute, predictable, classic little rom-com. But the marketing of that movie really had me believing that this was about to be our new Crazy Rich Asians. Like, it's not. It's not anywhere close. It's not our new Fifty Shades of Grey. It's not our new Dear John or The Notebook. Like, it's just not. 27 Dresses even. Mm -mm. There's so many better rom-coms. And it's a shame because they don't make rom-coms now like they used to. It was cute though. I'm, I'm not a hater. I really do love Sydney Sweeney. I almost feel like there was more of a plot to all of the trailers that I watched than the movie itself. It felt like the trailers had more to give. There was more substance to it than the actual movie itself. Like I already knew the entire movie based off of all of the trailers that I saw and all of the ASMR um, trailers that they did of Glenn and Sydney together answering these seductive questions and just feeling so intimate. It's like, am I supposed to be here? I feel like I'm not supposed to be watching this. But where was that on screen? There was one moment where I was like, oh my God, I'm like kicking my feet in my chair. I have little butterflies. My mom's next to me. So I'm like, oh, okay, I can't get it. That, I can't get too into it. That'd be weird. But, um, oh wait, I didn't mean it like that. I, I mean, I'm not gonna like do anything. Okay. Okay. Don't miss, don't misread what I was trying to say there. But you know, like if you're watching a rom-com with your girlfriends, you're going to be like, oh my God, he's so hot. Or you're going to be like really into a scene and you'll be like giggling about it together. I'm not going to do that with my mom, <laughs> but okay. The shower scene, that was good. I did like the shower scene, but the scene that I liked the most was when they were on the boat and they were doing that little dance and he's like pulling her in and she's wearing the blue silk dress. I think that that dance they do on the yacht is going to be a TikTok trend. And I might be the one to start it because I want to learn how to dance like that. The little spin he does when he spins her around. I, if you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it yet, you will when you watch it. Overall, I do recommend you go and see it. I thought it was cute. It's a really fun thing to do with your girlfriends on a weeknight or maybe go with your boyfriend. But if you're going to go see it in the movie theater, please go on a night that it's like $5 movies because I spent, I think like $18 per ticket. Isn't that crazy? $18 per ticket. That's literally a Netflix subscription for the month, but it was fine. My parents liked it. We had a good time. When Aaron and Alex came in on the 29th, we went to dinner at Yama's, which is actually the restaurant that we did our dibs dinner at when we were launching my product with them back in November. And I just love it there. The food is incredible. And the owners, I think it's her brother-in-law. I think that's the connection. I'm not really sure. His name is Timios. Okay. He does magic on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. If you're ever visiting Austin on a weekend, you literally have to go. You have to see him. It's one thing to go to a magic show and see somebody up on stage and be like, how are they doing that? But you're also so far away, you can't see it so up close that you just assume that they're, you know, doing some type of illusion. He is right at your table, like inches away from you. And he was, he made a fish appear in a glass of water. I don't know how. He was talking to us for like three minutes before the fish appeared. So it couldn't have just been in his sleeve pocket. The fish would die, I assume. 
It was not a mechanical fish. I touched it. It was real and it stunk. <laughs> it stunk just like my house. <laughs> and then we thought maybe he had the fish in his mouth, but it was like a pretty substantial size fish. So I don't think that was the case. I videotaped it and I watched it back in slow motion and I still cannot figure out where this fish came from. It was just incredible. He's so funny. Loved it. Total crowd pleaser. I felt like there was a lot of pressure for me to entertain my family while they were in town to show them like all these different things in Austin that they haven't done before because they visited quite a few times and I hate taking them to the same restaurants with the same activities that they've done. So the following day on the 30th, Sydney and her husband Alex came down from San Antonio or I guess they came up from San Antonio and we played pickleball at Pickle Ranch, which is this parking garage at the roof of it. They turned it into, I think, eight pickleball courts. It's really cool. I love it there. Only thing is that it's pretty expensive. I think it's $20 per, no, it's $10 per person per hour. And I paid for pickleball. I don't even remember what the total ended up being, but I don't think that I told them how many people we had. I probably shouldn't say that out loud. I probably shouldn't admit that, but yeah, it's pretty expensive, like 20 bucks to play because we played for two hours. Um, but I guess that's just the name of the game. Pickleball is picking up in Austin and you had to pay for everything these days. Then later that night, we went to Casino El Camino. It's just this little dive bar. They have the best burgers ever in Austin. So good. And then we went next door to Esther Foley's, which is this Austin classic. It's like a comedy show with dancing and singing and magic. I don't even know how to describe it. It was probably the epitome of Keep Austin Weird. It was just a very weird show, but it was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. My entire family had a smile plastered across our face the entire time. My cheeks were sore like I was taking prom pictures. It was just so fun. They start with some singing and they tie in political jokes, but then they also had magic in it, like illusionist magic tricks where the guy was in a box and you could literally see his head. He was in the box. There's nothing under the box at all. There's no trap door. There's no way for him to move out of this box unless he was a robot in the box. That's the only, it's the only option. I don't, I'm, I'm still trying to think about it. You were not allowed to record in there. I wish I had recorded it so I could watch in slow motion and see if I see anything. But basically they put a little sheet over his table. They snap their fingers, they pull it off. And no sooner you look back and the guy is in the back corner of the theater and he slides down on a zip line to the center of the stage. How did you do that? We talked about it all night. And then we went to Ego's, which is a karaoke bar on South Congress Street, another little dive bar. And Aaron was mad at me because (laughs) I wanted to leave. Like, you guys, I'm so exhausted from entertaining and making all the reservations, calling all the Ubers, cleaning the house. Like, wow, I give my mom so much credit. I did not realize how much hard work that is. Making sure everybody has clean towels. You're making their bed. You're keeping the refrigerator stocked. I'm making everybody drinks. So it's around midnight. I'm ready to leave. I'm about to fall asleep. Sydney and Aaron put in a song. They were singing Alanis Morissette, One Hand in My Pocket. That was their karaoke song. And it was going to take another hour and a half before their name was called. So I'm like, let's just go. I got Sydney a karaoke machine for Christmas because my whole family, something about us, we love to sing. We love to sing. And so we came home. We tried to play karaoke, but we didn't end up getting to it. Sydney broke it. I think she might have had too many drinks. <laughs> she thought that it came broken, but she was just trying to jam this pole into the mic stand. 
Turns out in the morning, my dad's looking at it. He's like, no, this is not broken. She did that. So we fixed it. And then that night is when we actually did karaoke for a little while. And yeah, for New Year's Eve, we just stayed in. We played board games. We played this game called Chameleon, which was so fun. Um, We had a beautiful dinner. My parents cooked filet and lobster tail, uh, potatoes, asparagus. I'm like, okay, we do not need seven people in this house eating asparagus in one night. We have three bathrooms. Every single one is going to smell like asparagus pee, which is disgusting. We got that mixed with the smell of the lobster tails, mixed with the smell of the shrimp. It's like, what other fumes can we add to this house? (laughs) Yesterday was a chill day. We just kind of sat around. Everybody wanted to take a nap. We ended up going to Crate and Barrel and REI. And then we ordered barbecue food, picked that up. Connor got home last night. We were all hanging out. We watched the act on Hulu because our girl Gypsy Rose is free. Can you believe that? Oh my gosh. I watched that show a couple years ago when it first came out and I didn't really know the backstory about Gypsy Rose while I was watching the show. So all I could think about was how insufferable Joey King was in that show because I'm like, oh my God, I cannot stand I can't stand her in that show because I'm like, get up, like do something, you know, but I also hate the mom. I hate the mom so much. Dee Dee is, I get pissed watching her. We're rewatching it again, actually. We're on the third episode. And if you haven't watched it yet, you should totally go watch it and get up to date with everything that's going on. But now watching it back and reading all about Gypsy's story, seeing actual pictures and videos of Gypsy, I'm like, oh, Joey King deserves an Emmy, a Grammy, a MTV music award. What? I don't even know every single award that she could possibly get because her acting in it is insane. We were looking at videos of um, Gypsy Rose when she won the kid of the year and she got that award in 2009 and Joey King almost looks absolutely identical. It is just, it's so wild. The story in itself, actually, if you guys don't know who Gypsy Rose is, that's crazy. Are you living under a rock? Let me tell you, let me fill you in. Essentially, Gypsy's mom, Dee Dee, convinced Gypsy for years and years and years that she had all of these chronic conditions and she had all of these sicknesses and illnesses and she was in a wheelchair. She shaved her head. Her teeth were all fucked up. I think that's why I I couldn't look at Joey King in that show because her teeth were just like, oh my God, it looked so painful. And in the point where she gets a cavity, I'm like, girl, I feel you. I've had one cavity in my life and it hurts so much bad. I cannot imagine having a whole mouthful of cavities, but she convinces her that she has all of these illnesses. She's in a wheelchair. She lies to her about her age. So she keeps telling her that she's 14 and then 15. And then Gypsy sees that she's actually 19 years old. Gypsy starts breaking onto the computer because she's interested in her neighbor, Lacey, who's a young teenage girl who she thinks is really beautiful. She has a boyfriend and she's starting to become aware of boys and makeup and she's watching all these videos and stuff on her mom's computer while her mom is sleeping and she starts realizing that her mom has lied about her age so then she starts meeting guys online she snuck out one time and just you got to watch the show it's such an insane story but the craziest thing is that at the end of it the mom is killed and this is a true story you can google this The mom is killed by one of Gypsy's boyfriends, or I don't know if they're boyfriend and girlfriend at the time. I haven't gotten to the end of the show yet. I need to catch up. But she is found guilty as well as him. He is sentenced to life in prison. She is sentenced to 10 years. 
And so she just got released early after serving eight years in prison. And it's now just this phenomenon on the internet. Like she is breaking the internet. She has already over 4 million followers on TikTok the day she was released from prison. Everyone is obsessed with her. They're like, she needs to be an influencer now. We need to know everything about her. And I'm so interested. But at the same time, can you imagine living this completely false life your entire life and then coming out of prison having the entire world watch you and go to the prison when you're released reposting your selfie everywhere making memes about you people like me talking about you on a podcast like it's crazy but I'm so glad that she's out and I think a lot of people have said this, but it seemed like when she was in prison, it's probably the most safe she had ever been. She ended up getting married while she was in prison. Now she's out and she has a lifetime special coming on on January 5th. So actually when this podcast is out, the lifetime special will be out, but I haven't watched it yet. And it's a six hour special. She's going to tell us literally everything. So I'm ready. I think I'm going to host a watch party for it. That's how excited I am. I'm so hooked on it. I'm just so interested and I really really love documentaries but most documentaries are in the past the people that they're talking about are usually never living for the most part at least when we're talking about like abuse and murder cases so it's just wild okay some other updates last week's episode was new year's resolutions for 2024 and I didn't mention this because I didn't know if I was going to share it or not because I didn't know how fully committed I was to it yet to be honest with you I didn't want to say it out loud and then just be like "Mm, actually no never mind but I have really cut back on drinking over the past couple of years. When I first moved to Austin, oh, I was slugging back ciders like it was water. I mean, I drank more alcohol than I did water for sure. And then as time went on and I started and I started dating Connor, I wasn't going out as much because I think part of the lure of going out was maybe meeting somebody and wanting to be drunk so that I had more confidence. But then once I was actually in a happy relationship and a lot of my friends stopped going out as much, I just naturally stopped drinking as much as well. I started getting more into fitness and now I love a margarita. I love a glass or a bottle of wine, usually a bottle. (laughs) But I mentioned this last week too. I have somewhat of an addictive personality. I think I'm self-diagnosing myself. But when I drink, I can't usually just drink one cocktail. I want to drink four or five. And then when I do drink, it's almost like I can't really stop myself from drinking more and more. So I will finish an entire bottle of wine and then I'll feel like shit the next day or I'll feel really guilty about it. And I just don't really love the way that it makes me feel. I'll wake up and my heart is racing out of my chest. I have anxiety and I do love Waterboy. Don't get me wrong. It definitely works for some of those days. And there are times that I will drink like a bachelorette party or I'm celebrating someone's birthday or something. But just leisurely drinking, I don't really feel the need to do that anymore, especially when I'm just sitting at home. Um, So I decided I wanted to do 75 hard to challenge myself to not drink for 75 days. And it's this huge challenge. I'm sure you guys have heard of it, but for 75 days, you do two 45 minute workouts a day. One of those workouts has to be outdoor. So this morning I went to a cycle class for 45 minutes. God literally kicked my ass. It's so hard. I'm doing a cycle class on January 9th at 6 PM. I think that there's just a couple of seats left in the class, but it'll be all fun on weekdays girls. And if it goes well, we could just make it more of a reoccurring theme. So I love cycle classes for cardio and then I need to do a 45 minute workout outside today, but it is raining 
It's rain. It's really cozy actually today. I kind of, I kind of love the rain. It's dark and eerie. I have my candles lit downstairs. I'm wearing my cozy or no, sorry. It's called the comfy. Connor got me this for Christmas. This is one of his gifts. He got me a few things this year and this was one of like the jokes, <laughs> but I, I didn't think it was a joke. I love it. It's this giant sweatshirt. It goes about halfway down to my calf and the inside of it is Sherpa lined. The outside of it is velvet. I'm not going to lie. My armpits are sweating. I do feel a bit of moistness under there, but it's so comfy and cozy. And especially with the rain outside. So I don't really know what I'm going to do for the 45 minute outdoor exercise today. I don't know. Another rule, you have to drink a gallon of water a day. My cousin Jamie got me this pink bubblegum Yeti, which I love. I've never been a water bottle girly. Like people are obsessed with Stanley's. I never got it. Never understood the craze. I don't know if it's a millennial thing. I know Danny Austin sells millions of dollars worth of, of Stanley cups. I don't know. I never got into it, but with this one, it has one of those little sippy straws and I love it. I think that in order for me to drink water, it has to have a straw because if I'm pouring it back, I just don't drink it as much when it has a straw. It's almost like I'm not drinking it. It's kind of the same as using cash or a credit card. When I use cash, it's like, I'm not really paying, you know? So when I drink it back or sorry, when I drink with a straw, it's like, I'm not really drinking water and I need to be convinced because I hardly drink any at all. I'm going to shrivel up. Honestly, probably why my skin always looks so dull. So I've actually been pretty well with this. I drink multiple bottles of this a day. I have been going to the bathroom nonstop. That is one of the downsides. I don't know if I will eventually increase my bladder or do you know what I mean? Like I won't have to go to the bathroom as much, but I wake up in the middle of the night and I have to go to the bathroom. I used to make fun of my mom for that all the time. And I'm like, the older I get, the more I realize I am cut from the same cloth. I am the same woman as her. (laughs) I get annoyed that she'd lose her keys. And yet here I am losing my passport last week. I always misplace everything. She would get annoyed at people misplacing things around the house or not cleaning the way she likes. I did the exact same thing when they were in town. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm the same girl. Another rule, you have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book a day. And actually perfect because Aaron got me this little book of life lessons and essays that I'm going to read. So I'm excited to read that. I always abandon books. I always abandon them around like 30 to 50 pages. You got to get me hooked in the first 30 to 50 pages or I'm out. I do love Emily Henry though. And then the last one is you have to stick to a diet and you can choose any diet that you want, whether it's like paleo, vegan, gluten-free. I'm not sticking to anything because I like my food. I want to eat whatever I want to eat. I don't want to feel restricted. I think if I feel restricted, I'm not going to want to continue doing the rest of the challenge because it'll feel like a chore. You know, I don't want to change everything about myself just for this challenge, only for it to end and for me to go back exactly to my ways. That's not the point of this. I want to do the challenge to see if I can create more of a morning routine. That is one of my goals for the new year. And also just have a sense of accountability for myself. Also, I've heard the mental clarity that you get from this challenge is unlike anything else. So I could really use that going into a new year. Um, I don't know if I'll be posting about the 75 hard challenge. Mm, I'm not sure because every time I say I'm going to post about something and I say I'm going to do a series, I literally never do it. I always fall off after about a week or two. So (laughs) you might get some intermittent uh, updates every other week on the podcast and on TikTok. But yeah, if you're doing 75 hard, we're going to make a Facebook group or a group me of all fun on weekdays girls who are doing it so we can all kind of keep each other accountable and motivate each other. So that'd be cute. 
Okay, I'm done blabbing about my life, I promise. Now we're on to the more exciting part of the episode, which is my very first segment where I will be reading posts on my Facebook advice page and giving you guys my answer. If you don't know about my Facebook pages yet, I don't know how you don't because I never shut up about them. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Just shameless plug here. I have a Facebook group. It's called Fun on Weekdays. Look it up. There's around 71,000 people, wild, in the main group. And that's how people like make connections. If they're moving to a new city, they introduce themselves. They share events that are going on. And then I have a few other focus groups. So we have like a buy-sell page. Um, we have a roommates page, a networking page. We have city-specific pages and group meets. We have a million things. But my favorite page of all, <laughs> I have to say, is our advice page. Sometimes I will scroll for like 30 minutes and I'll just read the comments. I'll read all of the posts for the day. I'll refresh. There won't be anything. And then I'll come back to it again later in the day because it's just so good. Some of the things that people say in this group are wild. There are some really crazy stories in this group. Um, and if you are watching today's podcast episode, you may notice that I look different. The reason for that is because I actually recorded an episode. I recorded this segment a few days ago and I was about to go live with the podcast today. Actually, I'm re-recording this the day that the podcast goes live. And I just had a light bulb go off last night, a little moral light bulb that was like, wait a second, you should probably ask the girls who posted in the page if it's okay for you to share these things online. (laughs) And I'm like, oh yeah, I should probably do that. So I went on Facebook. I asked the girls that I had already spoken about their post. Is it okay? Do I have permission to share this? And they actually both said no, which I respect. I don't want anybody to feel like I'm overstepping or I'm like oversharing things that they don't want out there. I understand even though it's anonymous, like, I don't know. Sometimes you're a little fearful. People can put the pieces together. We are all FBI agents here. We've all done our fair share of internet sleuthing. So today's questions that I'm answering are approved by the original poster. They are anonymous posts. I'm not sharing any personal information. Just want to put that out there. In my Facebook advice page, it's called Fun on Weekdays Advice. You can look it up and join it if you're not already in it. There's around seven or 8,000 people in this page. It's not as big as the main page, but there are a lot of posts. There's a lot of questions around post-grad, around jobs, just trying to figure out what you want to do, or a lot of questions about moving to a new city, trying to transition. There's a ton, and this is probably the most frequent, about relationships. People constantly ask about their relationships, There are dynamics with their boyfriends. They'll ask, am I in the wrong? Am I overreacting? They'll share stories about their boyfriends cheating on them. Like it's just a lot of times breaks my heart to read that people are struggling with such horrible things in their life. But at the end of the day, it does make me like a little bit happy to know that they at least feel comfortable confiding in my group for it. So the first question And you guys, let me know if you like this little segment too. If you like it, we'll continue to do it. I don't know if it'll be weekly or bi-weekly or what, but I'll continue to add some questions from the advice column. So this original poster says, how do you know if your boyfriend is really the one or if it's time to break up? I feel like everybody always asks that question at some point in your relationship. You've been dating for a while. You're like, "Mm, I don't know. You get a little too comfortable and then you start to question things. She says, we've been together three years. We're both 23. Okay, so they started dating when they were 20, assuming, maybe when they were 19. We are each other's first real relationship. We've lived together almost two years and adopted a dog together. Okay, what I will say about being in your first real relationship is I always fantasize the idea of like 
a high school sweetheart relationship where everything just works out perfectly with the first person that you're with. I always loved the idea of that. But when I was in that relationship, I would always also think about the what if, like what if there is someone else that's out there that's better for me? Because this is my first relationship. What if I'm meant to be in multiple relationships? And at the time I was so into <laughs> looking up all these questions on Google. And I remember this article that's like very relevant. I still think about it frequently where it says that you have three loves of your life. The first one is a naive relationship. You're young, you know, it's your first real relationship. Your second relationship is a tough love. You learn a lot of lessons. It might be really toxic. It's just not the right person for you. The third love is somebody that comes along was so unexpected and they are like your soulmate. So when I was in my first relationship, I always thought back to this, you know, this rule, this article that I saw online. And I'd always tell myself, like, I do love this person and I could see a future, but like, is this who I'm meant to be with? And I think there's a curiosity that you have when you are in your first real relationship of like, oh my gosh, I'm still so young. Like, am I for sure going to settle down with this person? Especially because there's so many choices now, like social media gives you access to people all over the world. Can you imagine what it was like dating in like, I don't know, even the eighties, like when you pick the person that you want to be with, you don't really have access to thousands, millions of other people. It's like the only way that you have access to them is if you have their phone number or you look them up in the white pages and you call them, like you don't get to just scroll and look at people all day long and then question your decision, you know? So anyways, I'm not even like halfway through the post. <laughs> she says the past year, my heart just feels different. Saying I love you is natural with no meaning and it feels different than when we first started saying it. I feel like that's also very natural too when you're dating someone for a long term. Like I love you becomes a habit. You could, you just start to say it when you're like hanging up the phone or when somebody's leaving to go to work. I love you just kind of becomes part of your vocabulary. You know, when you are with somebody long term that you do feel comfortable with, that you know that you have love for them. But I think questioning am I still in love with this person because I think when you are with someone for a while you get a little comfortable and you start to see them as like a family and you're like do I love this person the same that I love my family the same that I love my parents the same that I love my siblings or is there still the romantic dynamic there and I think that's what you have to figure out she says we tried to go on dates once a month or more but I feel like we've talked about everything there is to talk about so we end up on our phones I get what you're meaning when you, especially because this person lives with their partner, when you live with somebody and you've been with them for a long time, it feels like you've talked about just about everything under the sun. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure to have these like deep, meaningful, like really, you know, romantic conversations, especially when you're on a date, especially if the dates don't happen very frequently. But I feel like you put a lot of pressure on having the right conversation that maybe you guys are just like both in your head about what you're going to talk about that you just forget to literally just have fun together. And I've totally been there. I mean, I've been on days where I've been at dinner with Connor and I'm like, just not in a good mood and I don't really want to talk or the things that I do want to talk about are like negative. So I'm like, I don't really want to talk about that because then that's just going to put a damper on the mood, you know? So once you do get that in your head that like you don't have anything to talk about, you convince yourself that you no longer have anything in common with this person but yet you've been with them for three years and there's still a million things that you don't know about this person. I will say though, it's really freaking frustrating if you are the person that is a little bit more talkative and you feel like you're constantly leading conversation. As, whether you're in like a relationship or with your friends, there's always typically one person who's maybe a little more chatty and asks more questions than the other person does. So when you run out of questions and you're the person constantly asking them, you're like, okay, now it's your turn. 
now it's your turn to pick up the slack and <laughs> make sure we have a good time at this dinner. Also, resorting to your phones and not being present with each other at all also I feel like just drives a wedge between you. I've tried to do a much better job of putting my phone down. If I am with my friends or my family or with Connor, if I'm at dinner, I don't, I don't go on my phone. There was a time where I used to be on my phone constantly, like constantly. I would always check it, always look at emails, always look at social media. And I would justify it in my head that that was okay. But if you're only going on a date once a month, which is totally okay, I feel like that is your time to be fully committed to it. And if you aren't mentally there, maybe you just like reschedule it for a day where you guys are both excited about it. But I feel like you kind of already have like maybe a bad energy going into the date as it is. Because of this, some days I think breaking up is the answer. But I can picture forever with him and I'd hate to break up if this is how relationships go. Okay, true. I get what you mean. I feel like it really does come back to that curiosity of like, is there something better out there? But I think that also leads back to the fact that people are never, ever pleased with what they have. And when they are pleased with it, it usually lasts for a certain amount of time. Like you have to actively appreciate your, the person that you're with. But also, I don't want to justify you staying with somebody that might not actually be your best match. I mean, you started dating them when you were 20 years old. You're only 23. You're just now starting to like come into your own life. I don't know if you went to school. I... I think you said, oh, she didn't say. I imagine you probably went to school. You maybe met this person in college. And if you're 23, you're just now entering like the real world where you have your own job, you have your own lives. It's going to be a lot harder to connect because you have so many more obstacles in the real world that you don't have in college. Like in college, your entire schedule is built around the same classes every single week and a lot of the same activities every single night of the week or parties every weekend. And so you might have like more time to actually see this person and connect with them. So maybe this transition of your life is like actually what you feel is separating you two a little bit more. We both have agreed our relationship doesn't feel the same as it did when we got together, but neither of us know if that's normal. Is it normal? I mean, I would definitely say it's normal because no relationship is supposed to be the same as it was three years ago when you were a different person. Like you guys are both different people than when you were 20 years old or 19 years old when you first started dating. So naturally your relationship is going to have to evolve with that. And if it's not evolving and if you guys aren't finding ways to still make each other feel loved, then maybe you guys are just evolving at different speeds and, and you're growing out of each other. I think that's totally okay too. But I do think that is a very normal thing. Just looking for opinions of those who have been together for a while or are married. Does your relationship change over time? Does forever really feel natural, normal, sometimes boring? Open to all opinions because I truly don't know what to do. Okay, I liked this question a lot. Does forever really feel natural, normal, and sometimes boring? Honestly, I feel like it does. I feel like life in general is a pretty long freaking time. If you commit to somebody and you're getting married, you have to know that the next, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 years of your life, there's gonna be ebbs and flows where like you might be bored of each other. You might be frustrated of each other. One person might be really excelling while one other person is like down in the dumps. I think that's just how relationships go. But it, because of social media too, like I said at the beginning, I feel like people just don't think that that is normal. I mean, think about the time that you eventually start a family. If you want to start a family, like that's going to change your relationship incredibly. Not only just your dynamic with your partner, but also the things that you guys do for fun, your own personal hobbies, your own relationship to yourself, like that's going to change things. So it's totally normal that things are changing right now because 
even if you don't realize it, you probably are in a transitional period of your life where you're starting to question things like this and you're starting to stress yourself out wanting to have the answers. But like sometimes a mundane relationship doesn't mean that they're not the right person for you. It doesn't mean that you guys are boring. Maybe it just means that you're comfortable. And I think comfort is really easy to allow yourself to feel like you're settling especially when you see all these other relationships online and you think that they had this perfect relationship. Newsflash, they literally don't. They don't. I used to think that all the time. I would get so upset and compare myself, my relationship to other people because I'm like, oh, look at this really cute video of them. You have to remember that the videos you see of people online too of relationships where you think that their lives are so fun and so beautiful and spontaneous all the time, those are all so fabricated one person in that relationship has to set up the phone and press record and then run out of the frame and act as if they're just capturing like a very natural moment. And that's, I will tell you right now, that's literally not what happens. So once you start to realize that as you're watching like content and you're watching movies and stuff, it's just not a true reflection of what a real relationship is like. I don't know what your parents' relationship is like, but I'm really fortunate. I grew up with parents who have been together for 30 plus years. And I've seen that like, I mean, right now they are just so smitten and they're like in their mid fifties, but I've also seen them at times where they're fighting with each other. And I've also seen times where I can tell that like they're a little bit off, you know? And I think that's normal, especially growing up and seeing that to know that that's what a real relationship that I truly idolize like is, you know? That was a really long freaking answer. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I feel like that question though resonates with a lot of people regardless of however old you are. There's a lot of people in relationships that ask all the time, like, how do I know if the person I'm with is the one? Okay, I wanted, not that I'm an audiobook by any any means. (laughs) Since when do I even read? I'll tell you when. Since I started doing the 75 hard, um, I have to read 10 pages of nonfiction every day as part of it. And my sister Erin got me this book for Christmas. It's called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. I am not kidding you. Reading this book is like the highlight of my day. Every single night I read it before bed and it's really resonated with me in a lot of ways. So I want to read this one chapter to you. It's about a page and a half and it's called How the People We Once Loved Become Strangers Again. So I think this will relate to a lot of the questions people ask and hopefully it'll relate to this original poster also if you hate listening to people read just skip okay it's interesting to think about how we make people who used to be everything into nothing again how we learn to forget how we force forgetting we put in place what we put in place of them in the interim the dynamics afterwards always tell you more than what the relationship did grief is a faster teacher than joy but what does it mean when you cycle out to being strangers again You never really stop knowing each other in that way. Maybe there's no choice but to make them someone different in your mind, not the person who knew your daily anxieties and what you looked like naked and what made you cry and how much you loved them. When our lives revolve around someone, they don't just stop doing so, even if all that's left is some semblance of their memory. There are always those bits that linger. The memories that are impressed on the places you went and the things you said and the songs you listened to remain. We all eventually find ourselves standing in the checkout line, hearing one of those songs come on and realizing that we're revolving around them again. And maybe we never stopped. Do you ever really forget your lover's birthdays or all the first times intimate and not? Do your anniversaries become normal days of the year again? Are the things you did and promises you made ever really neutralized? Do they become void now that you're broken up or do you decidedly ignore them because there's simply no other choice? 
The mind tells you to go on and forces your heart to follow suit, I guess. I want to believe that you either love someone in some way forever or you never really loved them at all. That once two reactive chemicals cross, both are changed. That the wounds we leave in people are sometimes too raw to risk falling back into them. I don't want to believe that we write each other off because we simply don't matter anymore. I know love isn't expendable. I wonder, and maybe hope, if we ever just force it to be out of necessity. Okay, this is like hitting hard. <laughs> I'm like not even going through this right now, but I'm, I'm telling myself that I relate to this. <laughs> maybe it's just that we're all at the centers of our own little universes, and sometimes they overlap with other people's, and that small bit of intersection leaves some part of it changed. The collision can wreck us, change us, shift us. Sometimes we merge into one and other times we rescind. We rescind? I don't know how to read that. Because the comfort of losing what we thought we knew wins out. Either way, it's inevitable that you expand, that you're left knowing that much more about love and what it can do and the pain that only a hole in your heart and space in your bed and emptiness in the chair next to you can bring. Whether or not that hole will ever again include the person who made it that way, I don't know. Whether or not anybody else can match the outline of someone who was so deeply impressed by you, I don't know that either. We all start as strangers. The choice we make in terms of love are usually ones that seem inevitable anyway. We find people rationally compelling. We find souls made of the same stuff of ours. We find classmates and partners and neighbors and family friends and cousins and sisters and our lives intersect in a way that make them feel like they couldn't have ever been separate. And this is lovely. But the ease and access isn't what we crave. It isn't what I'm writing about now. It isn't what we revolve around after it's gone. We are all just waiting for another universe to collide with ours, to change what we can't ourselves. It's interesting how we realize the storm returns to calm, but we see the stars differently now, and we don't know, and we can't choose whose wreckage can do that for us. We all start as strangers, but we forget that we rarely choose who ends up a stranger too. Mic drop. <laughs> okay, I um, I actually used to love reading out loud in middle school. Like if you're reading a book out loud, I would always raise my hand because I wanted to read mainly because I didn't want to have to listen to other people read. Um, so hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And if it resonates with you in any way, I'm not sponsored by this book, but I really, really do love this book. And I'll link it in our newsletter this week so you can buy it if you want. There's a ton of other lessons in here that like I just love. One chapter is called what emotionally strong people do not do. Read this if you don't know what you're doing with your life. I mean, there's so many excerpts in here that I feel like gave me the answers to all the questions that I probably had a year ago, a couple months ago. And I don't know. I feel like this is really making me think more positively, which is the goal for 2024, right? So to my girly out there who's questioning whether your boyfriend of two or three years is or isn't the one, you literally have so much time to figure that out. But don't let your expectations of love based on what you've seen in social media and movies and TV and read in books be your depiction of whether your love is good enough or not. Only you can know that. No one in a Facebook group can tell you that. I can't tell you that. All I can tell you is that it is very normal to go through phases where you do feel kind of bored. And who knows? Somebody else might not even agree with me about that. Okay, that is all for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Sorry, it's coming out a little late. Like I said, had to do my due diligence making sure that it was okay. I read those questions. Um, next week's episode is with Sam Provite. She is a registered dietitian. We talk all about dieting in the new year and just fad diets. We talk about 75 hard 
We talk about alcohol, weed. We, I mean, we talk about it all. So next week's episode is a really fun guest episode. I hope you guys enjoy it and tune in. If you liked today's episode, please leave me a review. I really, really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.